Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we pray, Father, that you will speak into our heart. You will take us to the next level of understanding, of faith, of walking the way Jesus walked. Help us, Father. This will not be just a head knowledge into our mind, but it will bring changes in our spirit and in the way we walk, we talk, we operate, Father, each day. Help us, Father, to mix faith with the word that we will hear today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We will continue to talk about reigning, ruling and reigning and dominion in this life. I'm really excited about this teaching because I practice it and really work and I see with my own eyes how it works. The principle of God is true and He is faithful. Before I preach the word, I would like to say a couple of things from my heart that God gave me. The first thing I want you to know is that what's going to happen in this meeting right now is not up to me. You need to understand the principle of walking with God. Whatever happened in your life, whether you have more anointing or not, whether you have more understanding of the word, whether God is going to do some great thing in your life or not, it's up to three persons in this room. Up to you, up to me, and up to God. If you do your part, God is faithful and He will do His part. A lot of time we go to church, sit in a meeting, and we say, God, whatever you want to do, whatever the pastor wants to do, I'm going to just lay back and just do nothing. No. You need to do your part. And the part that you need to do is being hungry. You need to be hungry. You need to be yielded. You need to have faith and expectation. Amen? I know what I'm going to face next Sunday in Bangkok. The reason I know what I'm going to face in Bangkok, I know ahead of time. Because I know that all those 800 people who would show up in that hotel, or the seat already full. The usher had to stand. No seat anymore. All book up. I know that the anointing will be so strong and miracle shall happen. Because everyone who register into this meeting all come with expectation and faith and yieldedness and hunger. So it's not about me, but it's about their heart draw the things from God into their life. The more hungry you are, the more yieldedness you have, the more expectation you have, the more God is going to move. The same God. Why God move in certain place, but God doesn't move in another place. Part of it, because of the congregation. Because of people who sit there, how they respond to God. Amen? So we need to train ourselves to be hungry people, yielded people. And people who have expectation, every time we come together, we should have expectation that God is going to do something. The second thing I want to encourage you is that, you know, we all learn all these things. We get touched by God, we get 
anointing, we learn about faith, we learn about ruling and reigning. All these things will work to the maximum if you walk by love. Faith works through love. What it means is you don't come to God with the attitude that, God, how about me, how about me, how about me? If you think about me, 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 you don't walk by love, you will get very limited blessing. But if you begin to think, what can I do to help those who are in need? What can I do to build this church, to build the kingdom? What can I contribute to the kingdom of God? This morning when I wake up, the first thing I thought was not about me. I was thinking about members, about people, pray thinking about people, pray for people, pray and demand and call God and heal people. I was thinking about people all the time and rarely think about myself. And it's interesting. God takes care of me. And God even gives me even more anointing and more understanding because faith works by love. So I want to encourage all of you to be that type of people. What can I do to be a blessing to my mom, to my brother, to my church? What can I do to contribute to the society instead of thinking about what God can do for me? We should not be selfish or self-centered Christians. We should be people who want to reach out and touch the lost and the dying world and people who need help from God. Amen? I just want to make sure that you understand my heart that we are preaching all of this for selfishness or for gratification club. This is not a self-gratification club. This is the kingdom of God. Amen? We have been learning about ruling and reigning. And we learned that God ordained all of us from the beginning to rule and reign from the book of Genesis. It's better to rule than to be run over. It's better to have victory than to be defeated. It's better to be a victor than to be a victim. Is that right? So we're going to learn in this session of teaching how to rule and reign in life, in this life. Everyone say, I was created and called to have dominion, to rule and reign in life. God gave this to Adam, but unfortunately, Adam sinned against God and lost that dominion to the devil. Let's review some scripture. That's why the Bible is called Satan, the God, the small g, O-D, of the world. Because he stole or he took the dominion from Adam at the beginning. Romans chapter 5, 12 to 14. Therefore, just as through one man, that man named Adam, sinned, entered the world. And death through sin Thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Adam sinned. Because of sin, death came into the world and death spread all over the world and reigned in the world. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. How did death reign in the world? When I talk about death, I don't only mean physical death. 
I means everything in the form of death. Cancer is a form of death. Sickness is a form of death. When you are sick, you don't have energy to go to work. Divorce is a form of death. Broken relationship between husband and wife is a form of death. Is that right? Back pain is a form of death. You cannot enjoy life. You have wake up. I see many patients who have chronic neck pain and back pain for 20 years, and they don't have life. They could not travel. They could not enjoy life. They don't have life. They have death reign over them. Death did not reign from the beginning. Adam reigned from the beginning. Adam received dominion from God, but Adam make a big mistake. Rebel against God. God created everything in the universe, and He handed to Adam and say, "Okay, I give you ruling authority to take care of my creation, but the key is you need to rule and reign under me, under God." But unfortunately, Adam make a wrong decision to rebel against God. Romans chapter five, fifteen to seventeen say, "But the free gift is not like the offense." The free gift is from the second, the last Adam, Jesus Christ. For if by the one man's offense, mean Adam's sin, many died, much more the grace of God. Let me explain to you what the grace of God means. The grace of God is not just a ticket that you can go out and sin, 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 and go to heaven. The grace of God means the supernatural power. Of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, that help you to be able to be what you want to be, that God called you to be, and to do and function in what God called you to function and to do. I give you example. Last Friday on the revival service, before I came, I did not feel preaching at all. I did not feel like I can preach. I was so tired. I did not have enough sleep, and I. Has a lot of thing to deal with in my medical practice, but it's interesting. When I step up on this stage, the grace of God came. Boom! I was able to preach. The tiredness all gone. All the thing all gone from my body. I was like, "Wow, this is the grace of God," because I could not do this without the grace of God, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that can help you to be and to do. So. The grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, the gift of grace, the power of the Holy Spirit, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense That is Adam. Adam sinned. Death reigned through the one, but more those who receive abundance of grace. How many people want to receive abundance of the power of the Holy Spirit to be and to do what God called us to do? And the gift of righteousness will reign in heaven. Is that right? In life now. Through the one Jesus Christ, the Bible does not talk about reigning in heaven. We're going to reign in heaven for sure, but the Bible talks about reigning in life right now. Amen. Is death supposed to reign over us? Is sin supposed to reign over us? 
Is sickness and disease supposed to reign over us? Is demon supposed to reign over us? No. We are supposed to reign over demons, over sins and bondages and curses and destruction and calamity and all the bad things that the devil tried to throw to us. We are supposed to say, no, cannot come here. Get out of here. Because I rule and reign, I have authority on this earth. We are supposed to have the greater power than sins and death and bondage and curses. Amen? What Adam did, his sin, brought death and curses into mankind. But I want to tell you the good news. What Jesus did, Jesus did not sin. Jesus overcame every temptation in the wilderness. And he walked out of the wilderness with the power of the Holy Spirit. What he did for us, give us the gift of grace and the righteousness. And that gift of the grace and righteousness is much more powerful, more abundant. It's much greater than the death that comes from the sin of Adam. Are you following me? What Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago gave us grace that is much greater than death that come through sin of Adam. That's what the Bible tried to say. I tried to explain to you in a simple way. Jesus already had bought victory for us. He already regained authority and dominion back and gave it to the church, you and me. But we need to learn how to walk in it. If you have a car, and you have a car key. Maybe somebody gives you Toyota. And you have a car key. But you never walk into that car and drive. The car is going to park in the garage for 10 years. Nothing happened. Because you never, never use that car. The same thing, God already gives you victory. A lot of people just park that victory on the shelf. And never do anything with it. We need to learn how to pull that victory out of the shelf. And walk in a reality. In victory in everyday's life. Amen. The Bible says clearly and again and again that we receive authority to rule and reign as king on earth here. Romans chapter 5 verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace, which come from Jesus, might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I read Romans chapter 5 verse 17 from Amplified Bible. For if because of one man's trespass, Lapse and offense, death reigned through that one, Adam. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life, in this life. Through the one man, we cannot reign unless we submit to that man. His name is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Let me ask you the question. Are you ordained or predestined to reign only in heaven or you can reign now? We can reign now in this life. A lot of Christians have wrong theology and doctrine. They think that they just get by on earth here. They are defeated fool. They just... Let the devil torture them, kick them, elbow them, front kick, side kick, jump kick them. 
The devil can do whatever they want. I just hold on until Jesus come back, and I will meet him in the sky. Let the rapture in this life. I'm just a defeated person. I cannot do anything. If the devil want to give me sickness, I just have to accept it. They think that way because they don't understand the Bible. They live on earth with a defeated attitude, but victory is with the Christian, and we cannot walk in that victory without faith. Amen. And Jesus regained that victory back. After he regained, he showed us how a man anointed by the Holy Spirit can walk on earth with victory. He demanded the wind to stop. He commanded sickness to leave. Amen. He walked on the water. He walked supernaturally as a man, not as a god. Let me be clear to you. Jesus did not walk on earth as God. He was walking on earth as man because he still had to eat and sleep, and he feel tired like you and me. He was walking on earth as a man like you and me, but with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But he was ruling and reigning in his life. After he was resurrected from the dead and before he went up to heaven, he said, "All authority has been given to me." He regained dominion back. And I will give to you. You go out and preach the gospel, lay hand on the sick, and they shall recover in my name. You shall cast out demon, and demon have to go out in my name. You see, before he left the earth, he said, "All authority, not just part authority, not just a little bit, but all authority has been given to me, and I give it to you. You go out and do the same thing I did." John chapter fourteen verse twelve. Most assuredly, I say to you. He who believes in me, can you put your name in there? How many people believe in Jesus? How many people have relationship with Jesus? That means you put your name in. I say to you, Truman, okay, who believe in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Truman will do also, and greater works than this he will do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus left already, and now you and me have to do the job. That he tell us to do. It's not only the pastor. It's not only the preacher. You all can walk in authority and dominion on earth to rule and reign. Dominion was lost when Adam sinned, but the last man, Adam, regained it, and now he handed to us, and we can now can rule. We can rule and reign as king on earth here. Amen. We learn. In the past few times, that how a king rule. You remember how does a king rule? A king rules by his words. Is that right? The Bible says in the book of Job, when a king declare a thing, it will be established for him. The book of Ecclesiastes say, where a word of the king is, there is power. The king doesn't have to pull up hammer to build a house. The king just say, "Build a house." The house is built. He rule and reign by his word, and that's how Jesus rule and reign. Jesus spoke to the tree, and the tree wither. Jesus spoke to the wind, and the wind stopped. Jesus spoke to the leper, "Be cleansed." The leper was healed. He was ruling and reigning by his words, and we need to do the same thing. We follow his example. We need to rule and reign by our mouth, our words. Amen. Amen. 
That's how we walk in dominion. Look at Matthew chapter 21. After Jesus was speaking to a fig tree, and in a short period of time, the fig tree withered, and the disciple was shocked. Wow! You spoke to the fig tree, and the fig tree obey you. Matthew 21:22-22. And when the disciples saw it, saw the fig tree withered, they marvel, saying. Listen carefully, okay? Because this scripture was not written in the Bible for, just for you to read for fun, but it's for you to practice. How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, "Actually, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only, everyone say, I will not only." Do what was done to the fig tree. So, in other words, you can speak to the fig tree too, not just Jesus. Jesus was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, speaking to the fig tree, and the fig tree obey him. But also, everyone say also. This is the English language. Not only, but also. What does it mean? You are, can do more. Is that right? You are able to do more than the one that he did. But also, if you say to this mountain, "Wow, mountain is bigger than a fig tree," is that right? You don't only really speak to a parking spot in the shopping mall. In the name of Jesus, parking spot come right now, and the parking spot show up. That is fig tree, easy. But you're gonna speak to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. And look at verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You will not only speak to the fig tree, but you can also speak to the mountain. Amen. Did these words of Jesus for you and me, or just for the disciple? For you and me, for all of us to be able to do this thing. This is talking about ruling and reigning in life. That you can speak to the situation in your life. Let's look at another scripture in the Bible, Mark chapter 11:22-23. Many of you, when you read this scripture, you say, "I'm not Jesus. He is the Son of the Living God. He can talk to the fig tree. It's not me. I cannot speak to the fig tree." But Jesus was not the Son of the Living God. Only He was a Son of Man, and He was a man when He was speaking to the fig tree. And He said, "Not only you can do what I did, but you can do greater." To speak to the mountain, so he confirmed again that we can do the same thing. Amen. In Mark chapter eleven, twenty-two to twenty-three, so Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says, everyone says, says, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done." He will have whatever he says. Sometimes we read the scripture and we just pass through our eyes, but we don't get a lot of thing out of it. When you read even the same scripture 100 times, God can show you something new, the new revelation that you can have deeper understanding and deeper faith. When you read the scripture carefully and follow the scripture in a very simple way, not try to be sophisticated. Amen. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, "You say to the mountain, 
A lot of us sometimes do a lot of praying, but we don't do enough saying. You just pray, God, move that mountain for me. God, heal my sickness. But God said, "Don't pray. Say it. You need to say it to your sickness. Go away right now in the name of Jesus Christ." This is the big problem in the church. A lot of time, as Christian, we just pray, 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 and God just wait in heaven and say, "When are you gonna say it? I wait for you to say it. I already give you authority. Why you put pressure on me to do for you? You do it yourself. I need you to grow up." When you are a new believer, God understands you. You say, "God heal me." God did it for you. You are new babies, Christian. You're the babes. But when you grow up to become Christian for 20 years, He say, "Hey, you stand up and rise up in your faith and command that sickness to go away." You need to say it. <laughs> Cannot be baby Christian forever. You need to rise up and speak and say to that mountain, "Amen." Do you know that God is not in the business of putting mountain in front of you? He say in the Bible, "I make the crooked path straight." Who is in the business of putting the mountain or obstacle and sickness and disease and curses and all the problem against you in your life? Who is in that business? The devil, Satan. Amen. When you ask, when you pray, you ask God for blessing. God, bless me. Pour out your blessing upon me. You ask, but when you deal with the business of mountain, you don't ask God. You have authority. You rise up and say, "Mountain, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name." Amen. It's the difference between praying and saying. Praying, you come to God and ask God for blessing, for direction, for grace, for mercy, for wisdom. But when you come to the mountain in your life, You don't ask God to deal with it. You deal with it yourself, because you are reigning and ruling in authority and dominion through Christ Jesus. Are you getting this? You face mountain in your life. I face mountain, a problem in your life. What do you do when you face mountain? Oh, the devil attacked me again, Pastor. What is his home phone number of Pastor? Could you please pray for me? He didn't answer. He was busy, so I text message him. Pastor, could you pray for me? Pastor Da, could you pray for the mountain to go away? No. You don't need to call your pastor. It's literally after midnight. Sometimes I got a phone call at 11:30 p.m. You need to grow up and say, "Mountain, get out of here. Go! I rule and reign. You have no authority to be against me. I'm not under. I'm over. I'm above, not beneath. Amen. I'm trying to teach you to grow up." Instead of being baby Christian forever and begging for your parents to look after you, you need to grow up. Amen. But the key is this: look carefully what Jesus say. He say, "Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he say will be done." Okay, this is the key of how to speak in authority. Sometimes you say, "Pastor, I believe God can do it." 
you know, Pastor, I believe God is willing to do it for me. Is that what Jesus said? Did Jesus say, if you say to this mountain and you believe that God is willing and can do it for you, you shall have what you say? No. What Jesus tried to say, you must believe in what you say itself, that it will be done. Don't put responsibility on God, that God can do it and willing to do it. You need to rule and reign yourself and say, in Jesus' name, sickness, I believe you have to go right now. I believe in what I say, it will be done. And then heaven, move for us. Everyone say, I believe in what I say, that it shall be done. So go back home and look at this scripture again and again of what Jesus say here. Amen? Believe that what you say shall be done. You see it. When you say it, you see it. For example, this morning when I woke up, I heard about that comment that you were... Pastor Lao, when you turn 60, you're going to know it. When I heard that. And then this morning I woke up. I say, God, at 100 years old, I still travel, I still preach, I still lay hands, I still cast out demons, I still even stronger than today. And I see myself stand up, walking, preaching, go with Pastor Da. Pastor Da is still beautiful as usual. And walk around. I see it because I believe in what I say. I declare it that, and God even said, come to church and declare with your members. Declare together. Don't accept that kind of curse that you're going to be weak at 60 years old. Get out of here. I'm not going to be weak at 60 years old. I'm going to be stronger. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One more thing I want to say. Wow, the time runs so fast. We should have three-hour service. Another thing about speaking as king is, I want to say, words of integrity. Words of integrity, what does it mean? It means that if you're going to rule and reign as king and speak things out from your heart by faith, and you believe in what you say, when you come up something, you have to exercise your authority and speak by faith. For example, you have to speak by faith on Sunday, but you have to be careful that Monday through Saturday, your word must be the word of integrity. Why? Let me give this illustration. If all through the whole week, Monday to Saturday, you lie all the time. You speak words that twisted the truth all the time. So whatever you say from your mouth, your heart knows that you're lying. How your heart going to work in faith if you know all the time you always lie and lie and lie and lie. No integrity in your word. I love you, but in your heart, I hate you. <laughs> if you do that all day long, you lie to your boss. Maybe your boss call you in and say, what happened? Why mistake happened? You know you make mistake. Uh, I don't know. You just lie. I don't know why the mistake happened in my office. You just lie to get away from being punished or get away from problem in your life, then it's hard for you to exercise authority. Because when the time that you need to speak the word of faith from your heart, your heart will condemn you. Oh, the whole week you lie, you're very cunning, you're very crafty, you speak things for your own benefit. You are not having integrity in your word. Then that 
will undermine the power of your word when you need to speak to the situation. So what you need to do if you want to rule and reign, you need to stop playing game, stop giving excuses. If you're wrong, God, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Could you please cleanse me? Amen. If you make mistake in the house, for example, your wife come to you and say, "Honey, I think you should not do that." Instead of "Ah, that guy, he did that. That's why I did this," and you give all the excuses, you blame other people, blame, blame them, blame the pastor, blame the elder of the church, blame anybody. You keep doing that. You use your mouth to give excuses and don't take your responsibility. You know what happened when you want to decree? It's, there is no power. Because all the time you use your mouth in a negative way, in a sinful way. So when the time of using your mouth to speak positively for the situation in your life, there is no power in it. So let us become the people of integrity. The Bible says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." God is faithful. Be easy to say sorry. Be easy to admit your fault and don't lie, don't argue, don't try to give excuses. Amen. Don't play game with God. God knows what you're doing. You can lie to man, but you cannot lie to God. So the principle of ruling with your word is: you always speak the word of integrity to the best of your knowledge, and you know what you say is always the truth. Or the fact, you don't say if you don't mean it. You say what you mean, and you mean what you say. If you want to be the people of faith, listen carefully. I try to go slow here. If you want to be people of faith to rule and reign, you need to be people of your words. You mean what you say. Then your word will be powerful. God will back it up because you are not cunning and lying and doing a lot of bad stuff from your mouth all the time. Amen. How many people want to be in strong faith? So be a person of your words. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few more scripture here because it's a long sermon. I need to continue next time. Matthew chapter 16, Matthew 16:15 to 19. To this point, we learn that we can rule and reign by words, and we can speak to the situation. We don't have to pray. We speak, and we speak, and believe that what we say, it will be done, and it shall be done. And during the week, while we are not saying it, those things, we need to make sure our words are full of integrity. Matthew 16:15 to 19. He said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus answered and said to them, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. The flesh and the blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church." And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. First of all, the word "rock" here is not Peter and his descendants. The word "rock" here is the revelation of who Christ is, because Christ is the foundation of the church, not Peter. 
Pastor Lau is not the foundation of the church. Only Jesus is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the rock of our salvation that has been rejected by the builders. When Jesus say on this rock, mean on this confession and revelation of Jesus is the Son of the Living God. He's the Christ, the Messiah who died for us, who paid for our sin. Then on that rock, on that confession, he will build his church. That's why if you're going to go to some church, you make sure that your pastor is born again, because you cannot build a church on diploma from the Bible school. Oh, I am MDiv, I'm PhD on Bible, on ministry, but the man has no relationship with Jesus at all. Yesterday, I was talking to one of our sisters in the church in the park. I say, God told me every time you step up on the pulpit, it's not about performing. It's not about performing being a pastor. But it's about you and I have relationship, and I will work through you. It's about me working through you to the congregation. We walk together. I have relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not up here to perform pastoral work. I'm here to let God work through me. Amen. Build the church on the foundation of knowing who Christ is. Amen. And let's look at verse 18. And I say to you, you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone say the keys. Is that authority when you have the key? Can you imagine if I give the key of my house to you? It means I give you authority to get into my house. Amen. If I give the key of my car to you, it means I give you authority to drive my car. The key is about authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We're going to learn about binding and loosing. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Amen. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom is the territory or the realm or the scope where a king rules and reigns and have dominion over. So we are in the kingdom of God because God is our king. And the kingdom of God is in us. A lot of people say that Christians are weak people. Oh, people who go to church, they are weak people. They use religion as their crutch. They don't understand what they say. Actually, we are not weak people. We are smart people that come to church. We are wise people. Thank God that God gave me enough sense to realize that I cannot help myself. That's why we need God. Okay, but we don't have to talk about God. Just talk about human being. You think you're smart enough that you don't need the crutch? Let me ask you, who make this electricity for you? Can you live by yourself on earth without anybody make this electricity for you? Can you make your life on yourself without a doctor around you? without people who make car for you. In other words, we all are limited. We need somebody else. Thank God for Yong and Tai who cooked for us yesterday. We will not have good picnic yesterday without Yong and Tai and John. Amen. I cannot cook that. I only know how to eat and how to cut on somebody's brain. But somebody knows how to cook. So, we need each other. No matter how much money you have, 
No much how many connection, how much connection you have, no matter how much education you have, believe me, you don't know everything, and you're not strong enough to run your own life. You need somebody else, and one person that you need is God. You know why you need God? Because God knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but man does not. When some people come and talk to you, you are so nice. God knows that that person comes with the right attitude or come to get your money, and God can tell you. God is all-powerful and all-knowing. Better to have God than not to have God, for sure. So we are smart people to come to church. Sometimes when I drive to Island Crestway and I saw people jog on Sunday on Mercer Island, I say, wow, they should be in the church. Why are they jogging? They need to be here because then they will learn more about God and they will be more successful and more victorious in their life because then they need God. Amen. Hallelujah. Why we have the kingdom of God in us? Because God is our king. In order to have that authority, God must be our king. Jesus must be our king. Jesus must rule and reign in our life first before we can get the key from the king of all kings and then we can go out and rule and reign. Let me continue to read the scripture here. Whatever you bind on earth, I will try to finish it in a few minutes and continue another Sunday about binding and and loosing. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, it will be loose in heaven. A lot of people read this scripture and they don't have the clue what it means. I try to explain to you. The question is, is there a connection between what we do down here and what happens from heaven? Is there any connection between here and heaven? Yes. Yes. A lot of people say like this. This is a wrong doctrine and wrong theology. They say God is sovereign. God will do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants, no matter what you feel, no matter what you agree or not, no matter what you do, he's going to do whatever he wants because he is sovereign. That is a wrong doctrine because that's not what the Bible says. I want to tell you, many things that happen on earth here are not from God. They're from human beings. And heaven allows it to happen. You permit it. If you Drink alcohol and go out and drive and get into a car accident. Don't blame God. Because you permit yourself to drink alcohol and go out and drive. If you use your phone during driving and get car accident, don't blame God. Amen? Why does God allow those accidents happen? Why does God allow calamity and destruction happen? Because God gives us a free will. That's why he said, whatever you lose on earth, it will be loose in heaven. Mean. You have the free will. You can do whatever you want. God gives you money. You can use that money in the right way or in the wrong way. You can do whatever you want in your life, whatever you have. You have the will. You have the right to make judgment. i give you an example. Pastor Da asked me, why do you have to operate all night on Friday night instead of the next day? I did not sleep all day yesterday from Friday night to Because I make a decision. I have free will. I make a decision to operate that night, not only to save my patient, but so that I can go to the picnic to hang out with my friend. (laughs) Because I know if I operate on Saturday, I will miss the whole picnic. 
I choose God first by being tired on Friday night so that I will be with the church. I choose church first all the days of my life. Amen. I can operate this morning too. I can make a lot of money. I tell you, I have a lot of patience actually. I'm a very busy guy. I can operate every day, Sunday, Saturday. All patients will love me, but I don't do it on Sunday. I choose to be here because I want my time to be here. Amen. We have free will, and all the bad things that happen in the world, all the destructions, all the calamity and sickness and disease and divorce and kids are in trouble, do not come from God. Don't blame God, even though God is sovereign. It comes through man who allow their sin, their disobedience, and their unbelief and their perversion. To control their life, and they mess themselves up. Don't blame God. I think I should stop here, so I have some time to pray. I will continue next time. Okay, about losing and binding. But what I try to say, I'll go into detail next time about binding and losing. What I want to make conclusion is this. Okay, we rule and reign by our words, and we need to make sure that something we say and something we pray. We pray when we want to receive the blessing, receive wisdom from God. But we say against the mountain, the mountain business. We say, and whatever we say, we must believe that we get it in our heart, not just say it, blah 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 blah, like religious ceremony. We speak with faith from our heart, but our heart cannot have a good conscience. To speak those words, if we lie all the time and play game with God and give excuses all the time, we need to repent as soon as possible and always speak words of integrity. And number three that we learned today: if you want to rule and reign, we're going to talk about that in detail next time. We need to make the right choice in our life. Don't blame God. If you make wrong choices, heaven support you anyway. You buy on earth. You, for example, I give you example. One day I was talking to God. I was talking to God. It's interesting. Why a lot of churches have meeting like us, but the Holy Spirit is not moving. Same God, same Jesus, same heaven, but God is not moving. But why when I start to lay hand? And get people out and lay hand. God is moving, and I wonder: is it me, or what them, or what? What is the difference between me and other pastors? And God speak to me. Simple, son, because you allow me to move. So when I allow him, I permit him to move. I lose the glory down here. From heaven, he say, "Okay, I do for you, because you whatever you want on earth, I will do for you." You you see the picture here? That's why every time member come to ask me, should I go to that church? I want this. The first question I answer: You need to go and ask the top guy in your church. Will he allow it? Because he gonna block it or he gonna allow it? If he block the anointing, you stay there for ten years, nothing gonna move because God. Will not break His will. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
my will is to see the perfect will of God and the kingdom of God established on earth here in this church, in my family, in my life, in the members of this church. And I can allow Him to do whatever He wants to get the kingdom of God and the will of God here. Amen. And definitely, you're going to face some resistance because some people may not like it. Some demon in people look at me. You know, sometimes when you hate a pastor like me, you have to be careful. It's not you. It's the demon inside you. Because the demon doesn't like this way. He doesn't like a pastor who moves in the Holy Spirit and follow God. He's going to try to stop it. He will use anything to stop it so that the God, the heaven cannot come down and work on earth here. Because the man stopped heaven. That's why the top man is so important. Young girl in this church, if you're going to marry somebody, I tell you, I'm speaking. But I don't know why I turn this way. I need to turn this way too. <laughs> Young woman in this church, I'm serious. If you're going to marry a man who is the head of your household, if that man block God, he doesn't want to do anything with God, your house will not get all the benefit. That's why it's so important to marry a godly man who fear God and allow God because he's going to lose or he's going to buy in your house. Yeah, you may have some blessing because you are a Christian, but it will not be the full manifestation because the man is going to block it because he's a head. The same thing with pastor. Revival starts from the top man, not from the bottom. Always start from the top. Whatever, one, whatever the heaven wants to do has to flow from the top down because God honors authority in his kingdom. Amen? So we're going to learn more detail next time about losing and binding. So don't miss church. When I come back, we will talk about losing and binding in detail. It's fun. Amen? Everyone say, I have a free will. I'm not perfect. I need help. I cannot run my own life. I need Jesus to run my life. How many people in this room... Even though you think you are a Christian, you think that you have gone to church with your parents, you grow up in the church, you were even born in the nursery room because your mom get the labor pain in the nursery room. But all this time, Jesus never become the king of your life. You think you are born again, but you are not because Jesus has never become a king of your life. I want to encourage you today, make a decision. If you want, you want to rule and reign in this life, Jesus has to be the king of all kings. Because that authority comes from him, not from yourself. If you want to rule and reign in this life, Jesus has to be number one. You need to say, Jesus, yes sir, whatever you want, I follow. His way, not my way. If you are those people, let me ask a simple question. Anybody in this room say, I make decision that Jesus is the king of my life. He rule and reign my life. Raise your hand up. Keep your hand up. Let's confess together. Lord Jesus, you are the king of my life. I know that I am not perfect. I don't know everything. I need your help. You know everything. You're my God, my Savior, my Lord. 
I submit to you. I yield myself to you. Your kingdom is in me. You rule and reign on my life. I follow you, and I thank you, Lord. You give me authority and dominion to rule and reign in this life. Thank you, Lord. Teach me, Lord, how to walk in authority. Help me, Lord, to watch my mouth, not to speak lies, not to twist the truth, give excuses, and help me, Lord, to make the right choice, because I have a free will. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only Son. Bring me your tired. Your g o